It's the summer of games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and the news won't live up to your expectations. Or maybe it will. Hey, welcome, folks, to what is usually the paid DLC program. This this week we're gonna use it as a special occasion. It's the summer of games. And we had so much to cover that we couldn't fit it into the main DLC show this week. So we're spilling over into the paid DLC program, which we do usually every Wednesday. But it's Tuesday this week because yesterday we had the Ubisoft Connect. We had the Capcom Showcase. And so we're going to talk about that stuff uh, and we're going to put it out To all of you, ladies and gentlemen, this show is usually reserved for our Cool Ranch patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. And we are grateful to our patrons for letting us make this bonus show, the paid DLC program. But because it's such a big week, because it's such a, uh, so, so much going on, we wanted to get this out to all the subscribers of DLC. So, uh, welcome folks. Hopefully some of you will be so excited by the fact that we have Christian Spicer here. Hi, Christian. Hello, Jeff. And Lana Bashinsky. Hi, Lana. Ooh, hello. I'm on the, the main show light. I'm excited main to be show here. Light. That's a good way oh, of putting I, it. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Let's not put this out on the main show. Oh, um, good. Good, good. I just don't, good. I don't want Lana, like, we need to keep, keep this chemistry secret. We can't let this spill out, you know? Secret like, chemistry. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, as I was saying is uh, hopefully folks will find it so much fun that they will be inspired to perhaps cruise on over to patreon.com slash DLC pod and uh, sign up for this show. It's fun. People love it. It's uh, the Wednesday. It's, it's usually wild and wacky and goes off the rails. We're going to try to keep it on the rails this week because we have, we have a mission. We need to cover uh, more uh, of the summer of games, the not E3 as we're b- calling it, uh, and it's and called a note. A note, yeah, not E note three is what you would call it. Um, that that was sense, definitely right? worth stopping me to say. Well, people have now gone to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/DLCPod, and they were like, "Wait, is that the, the typical?" Chemistry? Wow, it's mind-blowing, this chemistry. Is that the type of stuff I can usually expect on this Wednesday show, recorded on Tuesday? Um, yes. Yes, yes and yes, and yes. Well, it's it's that plus farts. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, we'll leave that for you to discover on your own. Let's get into it. Let's talk about, uh, you know, uh, Lana, I'm excited you're here. Christian and I have been talking about uh, the Xbox conference, we talked about the PC game show a little bit. We talked about the uh, other one. What was the other one? What's the other one? Oh, uh, uh, it was Summer Games Fest. Summer Games Fest, oh, right. of course. Uh, we talked about all that stuff. I don't know if you had any. What? It, well, I just want to get your quick reaction about <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, Starfield. <laughs> what was? How was Starfield for you? Oh, it. I'll see it eventually, and I will definitely look. It was a very busy weekend, okay, and then fair. everything happened. And I was out of the house, and I was like, "Okay, at least I have enough time that I'm going to do the one we're chatting about, and then I'll catch up on the rest through the week." Oh, this chemistry is—we're so, just knocking this chemistry out of the park, you guys. You gotta warn me. I'm a busy yeah. woman. <laughs> I know. That's I pressed you on Ubisoft and Capcom, and, and I'm like, "Hey, what about what about Xbox and Bethesda?" And you're like, "I." I, 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 I. Sorry. Jeff, I also did want to get your opinion on the Heat 2 novel. Mm. Yes. 
Fair. I know you do b- DLC book clubs. So I just wanted to right. get your thoughts oh, on just the a real, real quick. Did you check Actually, out that? Well, like, while we're here, can we just bring around boomerangs? Can we talk about that? <laughs> Let's for do like... another half an hour on boomerangs. I'll be I'll be honest. I listened to that show, um, and when I read the description, you know, it always lists the description, and it says like boomerangs, and I was just like, I'm off the Wednesday show for one week. And Jeff and Lana forgot we already had this conversation. I was like, did they organically no. have this? Here's the thing. But- when you talk about boomerangs, it comes back comes around, back. baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do love happens. that Danish was just chomping at the bit to be like, oh, okay. I am bringing up boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up boomerangs. You know? You got to slang the rank. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about Ubisoft Forward. Um, we can march through it. Uh, there's not tons of stuff here, but I thought there was. they showed a lot of a little, if you get mm-hmm. my drift. I thought we got uh, a lot of gameplay of games that we hadn't seen almost at all, uh, which is pretty exciting. And, you know, I think overall it's pretty wonderful how this summer season, you know, we got to figure out summer of games, I guess, is a, as good a way of talking about it as anything. But what used to be the E3 season, the, the, the main part of the middle of the year where all the video game companies kind of show you what's going on, get you excited about the next round of releases that are coming over the next, you know, six to 18 months. And I think this year, more than I remember, has been gameplay. Yes. We, I, we, I, thought, I think we only had one game that was just CG, and unfortunately, that was the uh, Assassin's Creed Nexus VR game. But um, <laughs> no, that was gameplay. You play as that dude in his room with the headset on. Uh, well, I wish <laughs> I you wish play the video. Show, but <laughs> what was uh, Atlanta? I said you play the video. Um, yeah, yeah. You play I the video. was commenting on that while I was watching it, where you know something would spin up, and I'd be like, "Okay, cinematic trailer, here we go," and then immediately they'd be like, "Pretty cool, but let's." Yeah. They had like every presenter be like, and now here's the second clip of the things you actually want to see. And the partnering of like, here's the hype, get excited for it and see what it actually looks like. I was like, kudos, big kudos. I don't think I've ever seen that consistency of it was like very much cake and eat it too for the whole time. I agree. And it was across multiple companies. I think it, it was really exciting to see this is kind of where marketing has come. I think we've we've joked in the past over previous years on this show about how there's this accepted cadence for how you unveil things. First, there's the title. You know, you you have the title mm-hmm. card reveal. Then you have the CG trailer that gives you the tone of the game. Then you have the in-engine cutscene. And then finally, it's gameplay right before the game comes out. And it feels like that's being broken. We ha- We didn't know anything about Star Wars Outlaws, other than we knew Massive was working on a Star Wars game. But we didn't have any... any of those previous steps and right away, Hey, this is the game. This is the title. This is the, this is the gameplay. And we get 10 minutes of gameplay. I think that's phenomenal, but we'll get to that. Um, It started off with just dance 2024. Probably not a lot to talk about there other than they made it very prominent that it's going to be an Olympic sport. That's cool. Is it really? No, it's not. Yes. They're doing the digital. They're doing the like e-sport Olympic games. Um, That's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's happening. And I guess uh, Just Dance is going to be uh, part of it. And they had like a little logo that said official selection uh, Olympic sport. So we're going to p- see people have an Olympic dance off, which, you know, I've been lobbying for for years. Yeah, DDR developers out there are like, oh, we, yeah, we missed our window. Ahead of our time. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, and then we get, we, you know, we, we went right into a game that I'm very excited about called Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. We had seen a little bit about this game uh, in previous years and in, in seen a big delay. I think it was supposed to uh, come out with or before the, uh, the second Avatar film, Way of Water. Uh, but um, I think now it's benefiting from the fact that it didn't come out at the same time or before because everybody was all cynical about Avatar for years and years and years. Oh, nobody cares about that franchise. And then, of course, the second movie comes out and makes $2 billion. So now it's like, oh, well, maybe uh, maybe we should pay attention to this franchise, which I'm excited about. Um, and I think first uh, time we've noticed that this game is going to be in first person. The first mm-hmm. time they've revealed that, which uh, I have to say, little disappointed by because Same. I prefer third person. But yeah, Lambo, tell me what you thought seeing the gameplay footage because I thought they showed quite a lot of what the game is going to be like, all the different kind of weapons and con- contextually, they kind of showed story of who you're going to be playing as and how they fit into the Avatar tapestry. Even had a little James Cameron in there to give it the um, thumbs up. I need to talk about the thing that was the most shocking part to me about the whole conference. Is he goes by Jim Cameron? What the heck? <laughs> he introduced himself with Jim Cameron. I'm like, that's not Jim. Just to his friends. Jim Cameron? Yeah. What? And then I was like, oh, James Cameron. I'm like, why does everybody call him James? He clearly said his name's Jim. It was like the strangest moment for me. Anyway, that was wacky. Um, uh, but the the one thing that really struck me, well, there's two things. What The first thing is that I can't believe how much... Not that the movie franchises aren't appealing, but how much more distinctly appealing and distinctly like, ah, I'll forgive whatever. The does the Avatar franchise uh, does the Avatar IP feel as a video game? It feels so much more appealing to me as a video game than it does as a movie. And I like the movies. Well, why do you think that is? Because I think the like the mechanics of a video game, you're like, sure, there's like a gaminess that my brain is just like, that's fine. And how many different ecosystems they have to explore. Whereas in the movie, it's like quite drawn out and like some things they're like really rushed by. It's like, okay, great. He's like, you know, Tariq, Tariq Mokhtel. He's the guy. Everybody mm-hmm. follows him. The idea of going through and exploring all those places and like learning more about them from the character perspective. I also really wish it were third person, not first person. Um, but it just is, the mechanics are so obvious and like looking back, it like feels like a video game. Like the fact that it's like, Oh, Oh, you come from two lives. So you can use the human weapons or you can use the, uh, the native Navi. weapons, yeah. the Navi weapons. It's like, it feels like the mechanics have such a clear hooks. And especially because like avatar has been around for so long that it just feels very satisfying to see how it all kind of plugs into the, the video game experience. And I find that incredibly, incredibly appealing, cool flying stuff. Like it's just, I can't, I cannot wait for millions of people to, to love avatar now, Jeff, and you can be the avatar king of, Liked it forever. I've, I just I've I feel everybody been, apologizing to you. <laughs> oh, I've already been reveling in that. Uh, in that, I told you so's. All those I told you so's yeah. uh, for literally a decade of my life. People being like, "Wow, no one cares about a sequel," and, and me going, uh, "Just wait." And then it comes out and makes two bill. That was very satisfying <laughs> for me. Anyway, um, I, I do think it's weird. I 
maybe you can give some insight into this, uh, Lana, as a developer yourself. I do not understand the... If you have a game where you're going to be getting on various mounts, be they flying or galloping, and when you do, it needs to go into third-person mode to make any sense at all, (laughs) why not just be in third-person mode all the time? Right, it, it, I I don't understand this. I, because Far Cry, like I think I yeah. think you have to go back and think about where the developers are most comfortable with. And I think it's easier to stretch into being like, okay, for these mechanics, we'll try this. But versus like going back and not drawing directly on. I mean, I guess Ubisoft makes a bunch of third person games as well. But like Far Cry, I'm like, yeah, Far Cry Primal Pandora skin. I think that's fair. I, although I will say Far Cry, you almost always stay in first person, even when you get into a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Christian, what was your take on seeing Frontiers of Pandora um, in so much detail? Well, I want to back up a little bit just to the conference itself, something we did for Microsoft and Summer Games Fest. I think Ubisoft showed a lot of games that I am very interested in playing, but I found the conference itself highlighted the difficult nature of doing a live press conference, and I I don't think it did them any favors. I think a Mm. pre-recorded probably would have been better for them. Every presenter walked out and tried to find their mark. Uh, then like would there were clearly like prompts like now I walk to stage right and they walked over found their mark there were awkward shots of like presenter talking <laughs> with screen in the background and they're looking in a weird place and like why not just show me the footage while this person talks over it so as a presentation I found it very awkward and stilted and I think these people are doing their best but they're also not uh, professional hosts or actors or you know entertainers they are incredible developers who are then asked to trot out and talk about their their games cut back it, to it phil spencer odd. go ahead sorry just cut back to phil spencer does he approve he's here he yeah, has I his know. thing but he's at our thing yeah. yeah does he look bored oh crap he looks a little bored cut back <laughs> cut away from phil cut away from phil well as somebody that has sat in the room for many 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 ubisoft press conferences uh, in the summertime um, it, it, it is a little odd to be like, well, we're not doing that. We're only having, this isn't, you know, the me's of the world aren't invited. The press is not invited. This is just VIPs, like a small scaled down Uber VIPs, but they're still in chairs. UB, UB VIPs, I think it's pronounced. UB. It, it, well, that is one of the big takeaways for me is that uh, definitive proof that it is pronounced UB. Because uh, we got a Ubisoft original, it's not an Ubisoft original. But That's Phil it. Spencer pronounced it Ubi. Also, but he's Eves, wrong. Eves has put out a statement. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, and it was however you want. <laughs> well, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a uh, an My A or an Ann, you've decided Ubisoft or Ubisoft. No, I should Oof say decided. Ubisoft. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. This is the strangest thing. We were watching, and Jeff, my husband, also said that. He's like, there, it says, uh, Ubisoft. And I was like, who cares? (laughs) The Jeffs care. (laughs) And the Geoffs care. International Association of Jeffs care. (laughs) You should have seen the text messages flying, Lana, among the Jeffs. Oh, so much Jeffery happening. There was no end there. I saw it. We all saw it. What was your favorite game from the Ubisoft Direct? There was a game. I just saw the A. It blew my mind. Here's the thing, guys. They didn't have to do that. You could easily write 
Ubisoft original and just leave off, leave it a mystery. Keep it a mystery. Keep it a however you want. Or but no, a- they took steps. They took bold <laughs> steps. They put a single A, not an N, an A. They didn't have to, and they did. Case closed. All right. Good night. I would have loved for them to do uh, another Ubisoft original. Kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like musicians come out, here comes another one. And it's like, this is your yeah. first one. How yeah. can it be another one? Yeah. You just hit both. Um, uh, going back to uh, Avatar, I still don't care about Avatar. I'm sorry. I watched the sequel. You're a I, bad person. I found it very mid. Like, it's it's beautiful. <sighs> Come I did specifically because Lana was here. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful, the movie. I, you know, I think what Jim, my friend Jim, does cinematically is unparalleled. Uh, I you, know, you watched I it on like a phone or something, didn't you? You like no, watched I watched it, it on my 4K HDR yeah, bad idea. computer monitor. Not I have no desire. I didn't really want to watch it th- that time. Anyway, I don't care about the franchise. I there's only it a lot one of way to watch Avatar: Way of Water, and that is Vision Pro headset. Exactly, a thirty five hundred dollar. <laughs> vision pro headset that won't be available until early next year that's the only way it should be watched so i don't i don't hate the franchise i just kind of don't care about it like one way or the other like i'm not going to seek it out i'm not chomping at the bit to buy merch for it i don't want to read tie-in novels i i kind of don't care as the video game i found it very interesting that it, it's it's weird to see alien creatures rendered in a way that I think puts them in an uncanny valley <laughs> because like <laughs> they look so good in the movie. And all I could think was like, do these graphics not look good or do the movie's graphics look so good? <laughs> I thought the same, like not exactly, that, but I remember watching it being like, wow, they really did a good job making those realistic characters in, in three in 3D. And I was like, oh, the movie, they're not real characters. They're, fa- they're always 3D characters. <laughs> they're already 3D. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's such a weird – I mean, it speaks to like the skill of the folks who are making the movies. But I had the same kind of weird experience of being like, oh, yeah, that's like that thing that normally looks real. And it looks now like a video game thing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that is a digital now looks digital. Wait. Ah, brain broke. <laughs> brain brain yeah. broken. There was well, a – I. Oh, sorry, just real quick. I forgot where I read it, Polygon or somewhere, but somewhere had a headline, Jeff, that was something along the lines of the real test, because everybody's looking for the test. The real test of Avatar as a franchise wasn't the sequel. Oh, of course not. It's going to be the video game. Let's move those goalposts every single time. I don't know if they're being moved. I think it's like, how big is this thing? Mm -hmm. And it might be gangbusters. To Bill. To Bill. You think the games... I I think I mean Harry Potter Hogwarts was was huge, so I think there's room for things to be huge. It might be huge, and no one gives that franchise. I don't think it's the test of the franchise. I think it's they're trying to find the boundaries of it because after the first movie, they're like, okay, but this is for people who wanted to see the magic, but the plot was boring, and they're like, sequel, you have to only care about the plot. Then you have to care about this world, and they're like, it's people were like. I don't care about it. And it still made $2 billion. So I don't, when I think it's like the test of the franchise, it's not like, is it good? I think it's got some claws in the hearts of people, whether they like it or not. And it's like testing the franchise in the sense of, okay, where is the actual boundary of this thing? And how massive is it? It's very massive. They're making the game. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair. laughs> I, uh, I, I'm very excited about the game. I think it's cool. It's coming out this year. December 7th was the uh, release date. 
uh, which surprised me. I did not think it would be a 2023 game. Um, and uh, I think it's cool that it's coming out a little later than all of the crazy front-loaded uh, September-October stuff. Maybe we'll have a bit of, of a breath before uh, this game comes out, and hopefully that helps it. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people that are rooting for this game to fail. Uh, I don't understand the hate for Avatar, but well, I'm excited. I, well, I'm I'm a little bummed it's first person. Not my my favorite way to play things uh, on a 2D flat surface. But I, I think the game looks gorgeous. Um, you know, that's that uh, that Snowdrop engine it, they're using for everything is is really good, and it looks mm-hmm. really really pretty. So um, I'm excited to play this one. Uh, yeah. I thought it looked. I thought it looked awesome and the the different biomes that they're talking about and how it's like a, a different section of Pandora that we haven't even seen in the movies and uh, all the creatures. It, it just looks, uh, it looks really fun to me. So I, one last question for it. And this, I guess maybe is for folks listening and their, their own discourse for people who see this and they're like, amateur, bleh. if this were not, if this were just a new game that didn't have film previous film tie-ins and you just saw what was presented would this not be like the most hype looking thing yes i think it'd be far cry i don't think it would i I truly don't think it would like again i think this game might be great i'm not i'm not rooting against it it is i haven't played i used to love far cries i fell off far cry pretty hard Hmm. this looks like another far cry in a fantasy world and it, it happens to be in a fantasy world that i'm not particularly fond of and i think if it was just a new fantasy world i'd maybe be interested about like ooh, what's the fantasy like how are they tying that stuff in um but otherwise i don't think like new fantasy ips have been shown a lot of um love unfortunately mm. <laughs> recently people getting excited about new ip either but i'd love yeah. to be wrong i'd love to be wrong mm-hmm. i don't understand that last sentence about new i thought there was actually more new ip this year than i've seen in a long time especially the xbox conference had tons of new ip i meant games um, that came out like selling gangbusters with new ip okay uh then we had x defiant i don't think we need to talk too much about that i don't think it's i don't know lana you might be into x defiant i know that you're into the competitive it. multiplayer shooters yeah i was in i was i was one of their million closed beta players um it is very fun i'm very bad at it very bad at it uh it's like so fast paced yeah and but like very enjoyable. And so it's fun to watch the trailer uh, because, you know, my really good buddy from university has been working on it for, I don't know how long. So I'm mostly like, yay. Uh, I wish they showed like more of it and and not just like the Twitch streamers and being like, and we're going to have some maps and stuff. Bye. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's really fun. I think it's going to be a, a big game. Cool. I'm just bummed. I'm also one of the millions of players and I'm bummed they didn't use my cam footage of me going oh, dead. I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. Revive me. Yeah, I'm dead. It's shocking that they didn't choose to. Shocking. Um, then we got a, a deep dive into Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, which is the new 2D Prince of Persia game. Looks really cool. They uh, highlighted some time manipulation mechanics that are coming to the game, including what looks like the ability to sort of uh, set yourself in one place keep playing for a second and then rewind yourself back. Uh, they showed it, that in relation to, you know, uh, tricking boss fights or, or big enemies to attack you where you're no longer, and then you can zip, zip back to being behind them and slash and hack them. Um, I thought that game looks really, really cool. I mean, it's very much a, uh, 
an indie Metroidvania style game, although they didn't use that term. It does seem to, he says, oh, you'll be able to go back to areas and change them with your new time. I'm like, that's a Metroidvania, baby. <laughs> um, but it looks, uh, it looks very high quality and it looks like it's going to have lots of uh, cool, um, cool skills to learn and uh, traversal puzzly type stuff. Christian, I know this is, this feels like your jam a hundred percent. Yeah. This, this game again, kind of first revealed at this, this summer game season along with star Wars outlaw were the two that made me really perk up and the deeper dive they did for Prince of Persia only further confirms that I'm super into what they're laying down. I thought the animations looked really cool and interesting. I like the way they highlighted the OOG Prince of Persia as kind of an inspiration for this game and what that series is and can be. And I think the combat looks fun. I am I am down for this game, and I'm also was surprised that it's you know early January, so it's for all intents and purposes right around the corner. And I think it looks fantastic. I'm stoked, and I hope it helps breathe life back to the franchise, even if it is. I would I would love just, you know, Ori-esque or this style of Prince of Persia, more games in that genre or in that 2D plane. I thought it looked great. Diana, what'd you think? Uh like stole definitely stole the show for me. Oh yeah? Uh like watching the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, like the like really beautiful art style of the cinematic trailer. And I was like, yeah, that's very very pretty. Wow, look at this whole thing. Um, I didn't expect it to be side side scrolly and so i was like very hype on it i think it just looks super fun i loved ori uh i really like this game co- called fist that i played uh, last year i think um and just the idea of like oh here's all your combos you can get to an enemy and just juggle it until it's dead like that level of like personal skill of getting up in games like that love a metroidvania just everything about it very very appealing to me um I cannot wait to, to try it. Yeah, it, it one of the coolest things from my perspective that they brought up in presenting Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown was this notion of creativity in in the battles, uh, and I think that time rewind mechanic, uh, it, at least it appeared the way they presented it to be used at any time you want. Um, you you know, figure out when the most useful way of using it is. Rather than oftentimes you see that kind of thing in games to be something that it happens at a very specific moment. And I think that level of creativity of like, oh, you've got all these different tools at your disposal, including, you know, zipping yourself around, manipulating time. I, I think that is what makes it look really cool to me in, in the sense of, you know, the improvisational nature of how you're going to tackle any given challenge instead of it being, a, you know, square peg, square hole type, like I got to use this tool at this time. Um, so yeah, I mean, this game looks really awesome and it'll be coming at a time, I think, you know, when there probably isn't going to be a lot of games coming out, you know, early January. So I think it's probably going to get its time in the sun. Um, so that's cool. Uh, then we got a very awkward (laughs) presentation of Captain Laserhawk, a blood dragon remix, which I mean, how awkward was Ari Shankar? I think like, I, I like that guy. I think he's awesome. I think his, his, the stuff he makes is awesome, but it was a, it was a real little awkward presentation. I don't know who who he was playing to, but it wasn't that audience. I was um, like, is this guy used to only talking to like his like YouTube fans who know him so well and will laugh at anything he does? But also he walks out in what is like supposed to be this like absurd outfit and like a get a laugh immediately. But it kind of just looks like streetwear. There's a guy like a little bit later wearing almost the same outfit. 
as his normal outfit. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah that's not it getting you the laughs you need. Ridiculous then, cosplay or just French dude? You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the Ubisoft forward question. You know, that, um, um, I know I, I thought it was odd too. He comes out in it. Does not comment on it. He's like, and then immediately removed. Like he, like yeah. immediately is like, I'm bailing on this bit. You know, like, I don't think he could see the prompter with those glasses. That's my guess. It's like there are plastic glasses with lights in them and a prompter, and you're like, oh, this is not working. <laughs> I really should have gone to rehearsal. Um, he was yeah. great at Comic Con too. I think it was probably three or four years ago. I think it was Castlevania was announced. He was on panel, and yeah, again, he's awesome. Previous, like, previously he recorded. Previously yeah. recorded. You don't I, need to do this to a live room of Phil Spencer. <laughs> I also felt like, you know, he had his like moment where he could have just like ended. And like I really like the Castlevania show. I yeah. his previous work seems great. The trailer looks awesome. But he had the out on being like, and then they said no. <laughs> just kidding. They said yes, that's why I'm here. Check it out. But instead it was like <laughs> Many more minutes of like, I'm like, is the audience like killing themselves laughing? And it's like the mic is so good you can't hear it at all, and that's why it's these slow sentences. Or is yeah, he like? It did seem like he was holding for applause when there was lot. no applause. I really, it was so challenging to understand yeah. what was happening there. But I mean, the trailer looks great. He's a talented guy. Weird presentation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm conflicted on what you keep saying, Christian, because. On the one cent, on that one hand, I totally agree, and it makes sense. And you go, just pre-record it, com- compose your package, make it as you know, slick and cool, like be an Apple, you know, make it slick and cool and awesome and flawless beforehand. But also, we're just asking to be more manipulated. We're just asking to be like, I, there's something raw and real and human about doing it live, trotting the people out, asking them to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted. I, I think there's something great about bringing people out in front of people who will ask questions and get hands-on time and actually have that conversation. But trotting people out in front of a room full of colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, and a few select other VIP to then stumble through a thing that they're not great at. It's like if suddenly it's like, all right, I'm here to promote DLC. I'm so happy to be here. And to be here, I'm going to be throwing 25 footballs to NFL legend Jerry Rice. Everyone be like, why is he doing this? This is bad. I host I mean, a video game podcast. Go long, Jerry. Can we, can we, <laughs> but you is like, that a possibility? Can we make that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I, I am kind of torn because while I'm experiencing it from home, I'm not like in the room. There's no possibility of me interacting with somebody. I see it from like a couple angles. One, the angle of like when I'm just watching the press conference, I'm like, let's go, guy. Next. Yeah. I want to give yeah. me the goods. Um, but I don't know. I almost feel like like let let them have their moment. Maybe they're like there's this perception like maybe they're like oh they're so nervous they're not good at this but maybe they like want to and I'm like I don't care if you're a terrible presenter you made this thing have it you yeah. want it have it I, I like want that it. yeah let me let me have it I think Ugh. that's awesome my my experience is yeah keep talking in that awesome French accent keep <laughs> this is some some, some some really great uh, <laughs> ASMR for me. I'm really digging the, oh, yes, uh, we will make the game. <laughs> you want to go anywhere and to do anything. In our game, you can. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep talking, buddy. <laughs> anyway, 
Sorry. Uh, that's just a little window into my psyche. Uh, Skull and Bones. Uh, we still don't know much about when it will be coming. This has been a turbulent ride, almost like a ship tossed in wild seas, one might say. Um, but it sort of had a great song. That song was so good. Uh, anything it, to say about again, Skull and Bones? Odd. Uh, this game's coming out real soon. And to show you it, here's a great band singing a song. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was an awesome. I mean, it's different, right? We're going to show you this gameplay compilation. And over it, we're going to have live music. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I thought that was cool. It just didn't have the the level of uh, detailed uh, stepping through the features that the other games seem to have. Um, I, I I feel like these conferences just sort of have an identity crisis right now. I'm like, who who is it for? I did think this song was awesome. And I actually said, like, oh, I can imagine, like, the like the polished mix mastered version of this song would rip. Like it'd be so powerful. And for people and like, in the room, as you're playing the your like, sales Ugh. come up and it, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm into it. I thought the song was great. Thought the guy was a little pitchy for a little bit there, but it got better. Um, but over like overall, I'm like, was that experience of like seeing that they had that live band there? Was that just for the people in the room? Like, here's your special treat. Was that for me as a, as a, because as like the gamer watching the thing, I'm like, show me the get these guys out of here. Show me the what's on the screen, what's behind him, and I don't know where they want me to look or what they want me to care about or what what is the experience that that they are actually trying to cultivate and for who. Fair, I think, I think that's fair. Great points. Um, I don't know what to make of that game. I don't think I'm excited about it, but it it looks interesting, and I I literally almost downloaded the song i was had the impulse to download the song <laughs> because it's a cool song, um, song. <laughs> then we had the crew motor fest christian uh as our resident car guy uh does the crew motor fest look cool i i hope so i don't know i, I feel like I, I need to play it I, I think motorsport games are often so dependent on the physics and the handling in the game and are they doing too much i think that is kind of a concern i have with a lot of ubisoft games is like there's moments of brilliance in it but also there's literally everything in it and crew motor fest feels like their forza horizon um style game with like all these events and this you can do this and dive into this and all that stuff looked incredible but i don't know how well it will be connected or brought to the player in a way that is maybe satisfying i think was it crew two which are still supporting i think that's the previous even, one yeah yeah or the um the action sport game where it was like wingsuit bike and now they're bringing skateboards to it it was like everything and i really loved moments of that game but the complete package just kind of felt um bewildering and a little too much and something like the mountain biking i didn't think was fun but going through the progression you had to spend 30 minutes mountain biking and so that's where Motorfest kind of lands for me. I think they have the ability to make some very exciting driving moments, but I don't know if they're going to be able to hit the bar where it's set right now with Forza Horizon, Forza Motorsport coming out, GT7 also in PSVR2. Like I feel like motorsport games right now are at the best they've ever been. So I think it's a high bar to clear and I don't know if um I don't know if they'll get there with this one until I play it. This had my favorite presenter. 
Uh, I could listen to him talk for hours. <laughs> I loved that man's. I mean, it's it's all, Ubisoft is always a smorgasbord of accents, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was my favorite. This one was my this guy. You didn't download the Skull and Bull song, Skull and Bones song, but you did download this I just, presentation. I go to sleep <laughs> listening to the Crew Motorfest presentation. Oh, oh, my, you know, my particular kink. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we then had a, I don't know if Lana if you want to mention anything about that the only thing I was going to say oh, wait about your kink or about the game whichever that's up um, to you I'm tossing it to anyway, you anyway we're going to move on to like. Lana before that talk to what me about think? my ASMR think? desires <laughs> Pre- preferably Actually, slowly and yeah, quietly yeah. if you could yeah, any you whisper it you can <laughs> no I can't no, I got immediately no um, the uh <laughs> The other thing I'd say is I thought this was one of the most particularly successful cinematic versus in-engine footage uh, like transition because they had like this big cinematic pre-rendered thing. And then at the end of uh, his speech, uh, it goes back in and says, but does more cinematic feeling moments, but it's in-engine. It's the same kind of shot, same kind of transitions. And it looks comparable, not like obviously now a potato, um, and so I thought that was very cool to be like, look, pre-rendered also not pre-rendered pretty good. Yeah. And so I, I thought that was very effective as a I do like where we've gotten as an industry where that is, is always presented to you like in engine, actual gameplay, not actual gameplay. Things are subject to change pre-rendered, you know, uh, it mm-hmm. all, I like that the standard now is to inform the viewer of what they're watching. I think that is a wonderful place to be as an industry i think that is much more honest and much you know i think that avoids a lot of the the craziness that happens online when people aren't sure about that stuff however i will say as soon as the words pre-rendered cutscene not representative of actual gameplay comes up i go well don't care to watch it then why are you (laughs) showing it to me the hype it's a tone it's a vision board it's inspirational right um Yep, which is what happened with Assassin's Creed Nexus VR, which is a game I'm excited that is exists, and I'm I'm curious to see what it's actually going to be like. But when you show me the vision board version of it, I'm I'm you know I it's like well it doesn't give me any information really. I, I know I understand now what you're hoping the game will feel like, but you know I guess that game's a little farther out still. Although they which is why I was surprised it was Quest Two confirmed i'm curious how how long they'll keep supporting quest 2 in a quest 3 world because they uh not relatively quickly but they did abandon quest 1 uh yeah you know not too long into the quest 2's life cycle and with these standalone headsets i i am curious um how long that'll be the case for quest 2 i think it's a great point great point hopefully that uh, you know with the install base of quest 2 which is much larger than quest 1 ever was uh, Mm -hmm. i suspect they'll be supporting it more and it'll be, you know, uh, forward compatible uh, with Quest 3 yeah. instead of backward compatible. But um, we'll see. Uh, but there was, a, you know, quite a lengthy Assassin's Creed section. We learned about the mobile game Assassin's Creed Jade, uh, codename Jade, I should say. Um, and then there was a deep dive into Mirage, which is the, the next uh, big mainline Assassin's Creed game coming out this year uh, in, the, in the maelstrom of uh, that October... It, uh, within 10 days there's like four of the biggest games of the year coming out it's just bonkers 
Um, it's and there's going to be blood in the water. There's going to be the equivalent of our Titanfall two. You know, the game that just gets swallowed up by the other ones. I think I predict. Um, but uh, Lana, did, did you? Was there an Assassin's Creed that uh, sparked your? <laughs> curiosity or what did you think of the section of creeds i remember when assassin's creed valhalla was announced and i came on dlc and i was like i think this might be it this will be the first assassin's creed game i play and here i am saying the same thing about mirage oh really (laughs) yeah i still haven't played one (laughs) but you still haven't played one but what this one is is making you want to yeah i mean i think there's very it looks very good. I don't know. It looks cool. The mechanic that's like the obvious new mechanic of miraging yourself, like holding over a couple enemies and then you're like a little ghost of yourself, a mirage, if you will, appears near them and you can just take out a couple at once. That would be like the main folks scouting you. Mwah, looked beautiful. Looked very, very cool. And then a uh, little twist on the previous mechanics, like, oh, I sent my bird up. No, bird got shot at. You don't just get yeah, the bird for right. free anymore. And I was like, ooh, that's fun. And uh, I like, I like, I any game that you give me the opportunity to, to sneak past something becomes a stealth game for me. Horizon Forbidden Anything, Horizon Zero, whatever, stealth games to me. Um, <laughs> Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, stealth game to me. Everything that I can possibly play where I can sneak and not be heard is a stealth game. So the fact that I haven't played any Assassin's Creed really is a crime. Um, <laughs> you're sneaking past them. You don't, you know, you're just exactly. sneaking, sneaking past, past the them games themselves. Yes. Whew. I mean, And it does sound, I mean, they, they have explicitly said that for the Mirage, a direct combat is supposed to be a last resort. It's back yeah. to the old school OG Assassin's Creed idea of you don't want to just wade into people and fight. That's not the yeah. point, uh, which, which changed, you know, with those games with Valhalla and with Odyssey, where, you know, you, it really was your option to just wade in and have fun fighting. But I think this one is going to be much more jump in, kill someone and get out of there and try to use the environment to escape and hide and, and be. I I do think that's why it is more enticing to me than the previous ones. And so unlike the last time I made this claim, I really do think (laughs) that this one is going to be the one that makes me play Assassin's Creed and I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. I I had the opposite feeling. I was like, phew, (laughs) one one less game. Why? One fewer game for me to worry about uh, this this fall. Because that's just not... I never enjoyed Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 and 3 and whatever, and Black Flag and all the ones mm. that pre-Origins. Uh, like Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla were the Assassin's Creed franchise for me. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we're going to get that that game also uh, concurrently. At what, you know, it sounds like they're going to kind of switch back and forth between old school and new school. Um, Mm. so, but Mirage is that old school recapture that old school thing that I just never clicked with. I, I like stealth in games too, but I never enjoyed the feeling of hiding, you know, basically it's escape and try to hide and all that Mm. stuff. It just wasn't very fun for me. So I'm like, well, there's so much coming out in this very short window. At least I have one fewer game to even consider. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I I don't know how like the development studios work I'd, uh, uh, for Assassin's Creed, but I would have assumed that they would take sort of some of the key coolest elements from like whatever the last Assassin's Creed game is, and then sort of how do we infuse that into uh, people's expectations and like reinvigorate what was 
Assassin's Creed one, two, three era yeah. stuff, but I could have that totally wrong. Either I, way, oh, I think oh, go I'm ahead. pumped. I think there is some of that though. I think the bird is some of that. Yeah. Um, and I think the, you know, the mirage kill is some of that, you know, Cassandra could just warp across the world at some point in Odyssey and just kill people in a way that human beings don't move, but it was awesome in a video game. And you're just like, kill, 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 kill. And this feels like it has some of that as well. So I think when they're saying it's not direct, you know, souls light style combat necessarily anymore, I think they are going to make killing fun. Um, just perhaps in a different way. And Jeff, I, I, my favorite part of this presentation was when they uh, clearly listened to our episodes about boomerangs and water, <laughs> and they have the moment of jumping into the water. Like, what are you doing? What do you think? Million foot cliff into water. You're okay. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I like, I like Mirage. I'm curious if it is the game that unfortunately has to release the statement during the uh, shareholder meeting of did not meet our expectations just because October is so crowded. But I think that they are playing into the history of the franchise in a really smart way. They have the filter that you can put on to make it even look more visually or color palette similar to those OG games. And I think kind of like Avatar is perhaps a test for that franchise. Is there an appetite for a game in that universe? Probably yes. You know, again, Hogwarts huge. The, those movies have fallen off the newer beast movies or whatever in the Harry Potter world, but that game is gigantic this year. Um, I imagine Avatar might be the same, but this is a test for, I think for Assassin's Creed. Is there that appetite for a uh, back to basics back to the origins style game and how strong is that ip how much are people clamoring for that um and i think this game might test that theory in an interesting way yeah uh, and then of course we had the the main event uh star wars outlaws which uh we had only seen uh, the trailer for at the xbox event and we actually get 10 minutes here 10 minutes of uh gameplay that highlighted all the various, well, not all, who knows all, but uh, many of uh, the different aspects of what is going to go into this open world Star Wars game. Stealthy stuff where you have your little pet that can go and do cool things. Uh, Full on run and gun blasty blast moments with big weapons that explode stuff. Um, jumping onto a speeder bike and having this cool speeder bike chase with this uh, wild moment where they slow down time and can kind of chain together attacks uh, hopping into a, uh, a a spaceship going up into space having space combat there story moments dialogue stuff uh it really i think showed a lot of the variety of what's going to be happening here none of which is i think reinventing the wheel but it's putting the wheel into star wars which uh you know is is a big deal i think this is very much for me, Star Wars Outlaws looked exactly like the game I expected it to be, but that's not a detriment. That's not a, <laughs> a that's not a knock on the game because that's those are the games I really like, and I really like Star Wars, and it looks like a very cool version of it. Gorgeous. It looks like it nails the Star Wars of it all. You know, I've never seen a uh Admiral Akbar raced creature uh, that's sort of like casual, just person hanging in the bar. That was rad. I'm into Outlaws in a big, big way. I think that game is going to be amazing. Um, it, very weird for me that the main character looks exactly like Ashley Esqueda. 
uh, friend of the show, <laughs> Ashley Scanna. I mean, like, literally has her haircut, looks exactly like her. I, it also does look like the actor who's portraying the character. It just so happens to be that that actor <laughs> also looks uh, like Ashley. I think it's <laughs> Ashley Escada. I, I think that's... Um, anyway, Atlanta, what did you think of Outlaws? Uh, I am so into it. And there's, like, little flavor flavor hits like you said like the mechanics aren't like oh a gun that overheats whoa like it's a stealth thing with a companion that can do stuff for you like there's it's not new but it i mean star wars is just so appealing i love it but the specific flavor hits that they added throughout were so appealing to me like when you're going to send out your companion it gives you like a little silhouette of what it's gonna do kind of where it's like it can distract and it's gonna do like this little cat thing so you can see like little hints of what this action is and what that relationship can look like and then the like the clear mechanic of shoot from the hip like like the western yeah like one-off but even the way they first display that so intentional she's got obviously the han solo vibe you know, her vest has sleeves, so she's in a jacket, otherwise a practically identical outfit. And then the first time she gets seen, it's by a Greedo race alien. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then shoots him immediately. And I'm like, you know, that's like a tie-in to like Han shot first. It's like, it's just such a thoughtful little moment to put in there. And then later, I can't tell if it's intentional. Like, I can't help but like look in the background and see like this Twi'lek that's like up the green with the goggles. And I'm like, oh, it looks like Hera. And then as she's coming out of that bar after talking with the Imperial person, she's got a chopper looking robot, but it's not actually chopper. But like there's little things in the background that are so reminiscent of like pieces of Star Wars that I think those little details make it even more enticing to me than anything else. I just, I love seeing people care so much. Yeah. About things that people care so much about. Yeah, I mean we're in a, we're in a golden age of Star Wars games, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's wild to me that what previously were their own games, you know, you get the like X Wing versus Tie Fighter game inside this game. You know, yeah, you get, I was you like, get, oh, Squadrons is just just we're just part of this right game. You know, it, <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, Christian Outlaws looks like our jam. I mean. It's pretty good. I echo what both of you said. If I were to raise concerns, it would be my Ubisoft concern of everything in the kitchen sink in a game. Like, how good does the speeder bike chase feel? Um, how good does the space combat feel? Does any of this feel lacking? Even in Grand Theft Auto games, there are certain moments where it's like, oh, yeah, like this clearly isn't a driving game. It's gotten better. And Grand Theft Auto clearly isn't a shooting game. It's gotten better. Um, and I'm curious about outlaws like which parts is there so much in here do parts of it feel less than and then if so does it feel less than enough to detract from the game in any way shape or form again grand theft auto 5 i think had a bunch of pieces that felt less than but all combined into this massive package you're like who cares i'm at the comedy store right now in los angeles and it looks how it should look you know like there's enough there and i think outlaws has a lot of that uh i am a little uh, not disappointed is the right word, but when they revealed it during the Xbox and that trailer is like, yeah, and the Empire's out there running amok, I guess. For me, I do this. And it's I was like, ooh, it's just going to be smugglery or whatever. And then this 10-minute gameplay showed a lot of Empire <laughs> out there mm. doing stuff. So I'm not sure. I want to <laughs> – at some point, if she picks up a lightsaber, I'm going to be like, they, it must be in the contract. They had to <laughs> – Here's what can I tell you? What I agree with that. Can I tell you what I'm hoping for here? I'm. I think would be cool. I I doubt this is the case, but if I was designing this game, 
I would have this all smugglery game, but you can in one very remote, very hard to get to place. Check your midichlorian count. <laughs> you know, find a lightsaber. You like, you can discover the lightsaber. She doesn't know how to use it exactly. There's no like Jedi stuff, but you can find a lightsaber and wield the lightsaber, but it, it's like tucked away. It's hidden. You can't, it's, we don't talk about it. It's not a main quest line. It's not part of the story. It, and then but, every website has, here's where to find the lightsaber. Well, yeah, steps. of course they do, <laughs> no, but that, like. wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool? I would think it would only, this is the only reason I think it would be cool is if you pick it up and then like you immediately accidentally chop a limb off. Like you literally, <laughs> just you literally can't use it. Like that's not the point. She's Game not over. a Jedi. That's a Jedi weapon. If she uses it, you are going to kill yourself. <laughs> that, that old Luke thing where he looks right down the barrel and she goes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think this game this? looks. I think this game looks awesome, and it, again, is a testament to, I think, what IP can do for a a game and also a genre. Uh, like, this is third person, which I find more attractive than first person. This is a universe I want to spend more time in, which I find attractive. I guess my only other concern is what they didn't show in this, is they didn't show zoom out and show me the Ubisoft map. And I'm curious if it's going to be too overwhelming of like, you're you scared everyone. by like, maps. Checkpoint, 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 check, 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 Christian just gets scared, scared from maps. It's a little I scary. I get scared from also, the ya ya yas also scare me. <laughs> uh, all right. We have left uh, about five minutes to talk about Capcom. That's about <laughs> so, right. That's about right. Uh, they did have an hour-long presentation, but not, you know, I would, I would say not a lot of stuff that I'm particularly excited about. Uh, I thought it was interesting how they showed Pragmata and were like, we're really sorry. It's delayed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just an apology letter to you. Uh, not coming out in 2023. Indefinitely postponed Pragmata. Uh, showed Mega, Mag, Mega Man X Dive uh, offline. Uh, okay, we got a, a, a Ghost Trick, a, a Phantom Detective. Uh, I found a very, very charming man in a funny outfit. Uh, given a, you know, he's like, I'm a detective too. Look at me. Uh, I liked that. Uh, he gave a very charming um, uh, description of that game. It's got a demo coming out. Uh, we get a new Ace Attorney collection. But I think the the meal here, the the real reason Capcom even had this event was to show off Dragon's Dogma 2, which, again, another example of a game we haven't heard a lot about, and yet here is detailed gameplay footage, not just cutscenes, not just CGI stuff. Here's the game. Here's how it works. Uh, I don't know if either of you have played the original Dragon's Dogma. I reviewed it back in the day. Um but it's been a long time since there's been a Dragon's Dogma. Uh, Lana, are you? Are you? Did you like what you saw uh, from Dragon Do- Dragon's Dogma Two? I'm kind of, you know, mid. No, I uh, am sort of like neither here nor there. <laughs> I like watching Jeff get excited about things. He really liked the first one. He's pumped in general to see new things sort of get reinvigorated, and so seeing things through his eyes, cool. Me. I will not play it just because I won't. That's my like, oh, good. Something I don't have to care about. Yeah. Um, it It is funny to me. You know, obviously the pawns, I think they're called the companions, were a big part of the first game as well. It is funny to me. It's like, it's going to feel like you're playing with other people. But you're not. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, there are games where you can play with other people. It's not an impossible thing to pull off. <laughs> it is funny to me. It's like... This game is so fun. 
you can pretend you have other people to play with. It's, that uh, sounds a great game for me. I'd be like, oh, playing game with my friends. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just me and my friends over here. Sorry. Sorry, family. I'm clearly in the middle of a game with all of my friends. <laughs> I thought this presentation, I thought it was cool the way they highlighted the improvisational nature of combat and kind of bringing that you know, Zelda-esque style of there's stuff in here that we don't know what you're going to do. Do this to this limb, do that, set this up to that thing and do that to this. And I think that could be very interesting. And and I think it could be really rewarding to see that combat play out. Because I think we're kind of in a world now of um, it's either action combat game or it's Souls type combat game. And I think Dragon's Dogma 2 seems to be trying to carve out their own niche and also expanding on... I played the first for just very little, probably under five hours. Um, But kind of building on that, but also finding their own footing for a third-person action game. And I think that seems exciting. Yeah. And people who who love that first game love that first game. It is It was a, uh, a real cult favorite. Um, and I honestly, I remember liking it, but I didn't fall in love with it. Um, I, I want to go back and watch my review of it from back in the day. Maybe I don't remember what I thought. It's been a long time. It's been a decade, I think, since that game came out. Um, so, you know, I think this looks really cool. I think the game looks cool. Uh, and I think it's great how Capcom is showing it and making it a big deal, making the franchise seem like a big deal because for a long time, they kind of ignored Dragon's Dogma. And a lot of people were clamoring for more and, and now they're back and, uh, you know, making a big deal about the franchise. So that's cool. Any other final thoughts about uh, the Summer of Games, folks? Um, I think we, we saw so much to get excited about. Uh, we saw tons of actual games in action, actual gameplay. That is huge. I think that's a great place for the industry to be really showing off what you're going to be doing gives me such a better sense of whether I'm going to like a game or not when I see it in action. And I think that's, uh, it's not just marketing. It's not just, Hey, get excited for the tone of this game. It's look, here's what you'll actually be doing. And I think that's a, that's a really encouraging sign overall from all the companies that we saw over uh, the last week. And even back uh, a couple of weeks ago with Sony, but I'm curious if either of you have any other takeaways that you want to highlight. I think I still don't know what Exoprimal is they, for Capcom. They yeah. showed like story and narratives like you're this and you're in the past and this doctor's doing this and here's a new mech suit. And I was like, that suit looks sick. <laughs> they were like, this T-Rex is made out of goo. Wait. So, okay, that's funny. You're, you're using dinosaurs for fuel, but like dinosaur blood is. Fu- I love it. I'm in. And then it was like, and now you're doing this. And I was like, what the heck is this? Is this part of the game? And they were like, that's the whole game. And I was like, wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> I think I'm in for Exoprimal, but I still don't quite know what it is. Um, and I also, my, staying on Capcom before I zoom out a little bit, <laughs> I I was laughing so hard when they had a part of their presentation being about the Capcom ID. I don't I find that so <laughs> funny. Like you need a unique Capcom login to play Resident Evil Reverse and to play Street Fighter VI and some of our other games. <laughs> so go sign up for your Capcom ID. And it's like, woo, unique login. Yeah, we're like, yo, you think it's a chore? We're showing you how sick it is to do the chore. <laughs> QR code, log in, log in available now. Um, I thought it was very funny. We do have um, 
one more thing to show you. <laughs> it's our login screen, everybody. Yeah. I thought this was a great summer season, weekend, week. I'm very curious where it goes from here. I'm curious what things are next year, two years from now. I'm curious if Jeff Keeley kind of continues down this road of basically replacing E3 or if there's a pivot and it becomes something different. Has it kind of become as big as his part of it can be? And then I'm curious if we'll see other publishers try to strike out earlier the way Sony did. I think Sony had a lot of success not being a part of this week. And I'm curious if other publishers will follow suit, but I don't think we'll know that until, you know, probably next April at the earliest, we'll start to get a feel for what folks are doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Lana, you're, I mean, other than outlaws, uh, which I, I, I would assume would be the game we are all most excited about from the stuff we've talked about today. But and maybe that I'm wrong. Capcom ID. And Capcom yeah. ID. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Prince of Persia Lost Crown might be your most uh, anticipated game of the of this lot, but maybe you... Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, the, other, <laughs> the other two sort of thoughts that I have that I wrote down while I was watching, that were like my overall takeaways. One, for the crew, they named the game studio Ivory Tower Studio or whatever, Ivory Tower Ubisoft. That's just like such a funny title to me. Like, in partnership with Ubisoft High Horse. (laughs) (laughs) Just like such a funny name. Um, We're better than you, studios. (laughs) Your application's been auto-rejected, studios.com. So that made me giggle. Um, But the other thing that really struck me, uh, and it's something that I don't think about. I watch these presentations, and I'm, I'm very much like, ugh presenter okay yeah walk me through the cool stuff but i want to see the cool stuff um but this is my first time in conscious memory and i guess maybe only where you know my personal career focus is in a particular direction but i was very surprised at how impacted i was in seeing i think this is the first time in my memory that i recall seeing a a woman introduce herself on stage as the game director Dita Dingfelt showed up and said, hey, I'm Dita Dingfelt. I'm the game director of Avatar, Pandora Game, whatever the name was. And I actually said, wait, she's the game director. And I'm just going to say there's only twice like in my brain that I can think of a time where something was presented at one of these conferences that I was like, that me and like pointing Aww. at myself and pointing at the screen and the other time was when they had that wonderful curvy fortnite girl when fortnite first launched and then they obliterated her because her hitbox was too large for the competitive scene but <laughs> i it was it was just beautiful and it just it always brings me back to representation matters and even like in the tiny things being like okay there's only three presenters on stage for summer games fest like the show and even i was like yeah, it doesn't matter. It's about the games. And in between, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's about the games. But then I have this moment that is so resonant to me and seeing like, ah, that's what I want to do. And I never see that. And I know you're out there, ladies, women, folks. I know you're out there. I did. I could never predict how, how much it really sticks to me when it happens. So that was just really sick. Go, Dita. I hope your game crushes it. Can't improve on that comment. That's a great place to end things. Uh, well done. And uh, I, I think that's beautiful. And here's to more of that as we mm-hmm. move forward in this industry. Um, 
thank you for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. Next week, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled craziness uh, on the, on the uh, paid little, DLC yeah. program. Uh, there's something also next week, but yes. I'm oh, sure that's right. Well, is that going to be on this? There's... I guess it will be. I don't know. Also, id.capcom.com. Also, get your <laughs> get your new ID. <laughs> you go to the airport. Do you have your real ID, uh, sir? No, but I have my Capcom ID. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my biggest my favorite release from this entire conference is the audio track from the Crew Motorfest presentation. <laughs> <laughs> which I will be listening to several more times by myself. It's, it's your parting gift. You're like, it's, it's in my Dropbox folder. It's linked in the... <laughs> this is so good. Um, all right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. <laughs>